Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, it's your host, Sean. I know you're probably thinking, why do I have an extra episode this week? Why on a Saturday am I having to listen to this fool back at the bar doing what he does? Well, if you don't know, you know how much I love rye. And if somebody's going to tell me, hey, you can drink rye and new rye and, oh, by the way, and new bourbon. Oh, and you love movies and you can, these guys are into movies. And one of them made like, I don't know if we would call it a historical show, but it was like the first one ever. So I guess you could call it historical of, of some significance. I mean, I think it was on like Prodigy. Maybe. I don't know. I know. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't quite that far back. It wasn't that far back. But it, was close. Like, it was on ColecoVision, I think. <laughs> Today, we would say that's the name of an amazing Spanish TV channel, ColecoVision. <laughs> so joining us, folks. All, all the way from from Kentucky, which I mean that in and up Kentucky, right? You both are in Kentucky, right? No, I actually no. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in LA. Charlie's in, Charlie's in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. So Charlie, we're gonna go ahead and kick Troy. Off. Okay. <laughs> I told you I love food. I'm gonna tell you. I'm already fucking making left turns here. <laughs> all right. I got Troy and Charlie from Filmland Spirits. Told you, Charlie. I have no idea how these intros are going to go. Let's go. Always you got it, out. brother. <laughs> All right, let's get the there. Let's get some house cleaning done super fast. All right, folks. If you're joining us, maybe you're finding us through Troy and Charlie, through Filmland Land Spirits. Every week, we've got the big board over my right shoulder. If you're watching the live, that's for sticker and a cause. Maybe you've got your own liquor company. You've got your own thing you're supporting. You've got something that you're interested in. Reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, X, Twitch. Instagram, all those different platforms. They're all the Above the Bar podcast. Even our emails, the Above the Bar podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you got going on. I'll tell you where to send the sticker. Make sure I get a little write up on it and I'll read about your stuff live on the air with this with the sticker and put it up there. I love the thumbs up. Is that you, Troy, doing that? Like, nope. Where does that thumbs up come from? I've never <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> never seen that. It's popping up now. That's a new thing. But these. We have the uh, the big sticker on the cause. The next thing, though, is we got to talk about our sponsors. And I think Charlie could use our sponsors. And that's Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> My man's still got cords. On some, <laughs> looks like some ba- some uh, Bally's, uh, either Lowe's or something. They're Bally's, aren't they? They're Bally's faux wood blinds, aren't they? They look like it. I can tell by the strings. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Like... Go ahead and call your local budget blinds. Mine, the one up here is of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York, and East Greenbush, New York. But if you listen, folks, we're getting ready to end the, the month right now. So they're going to be starting their new sale, their pre-Black Friday sale. It's called Triple 50. You give them a call. They're going to give you 50% off of one window, 50% off of installation, and 50% off of shipping as a pre-Black Friday sale. As long as you schedule your appointment between November 1st and November 24th, it's all covered. You're taken care of. It's Budget Blinds of Hudson, New York, and Budget 
Hudson and Cooksaki, New York, and Budget Blinds of East Greenbush, New York. All right, it's all done. We're if up. I was in Hudson or East Green, uh, I think I'm, I, it I'm would happy. be really clear who I'd be calling right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But listen to me, Charlie. West Egg. West Egg. West on Egg, a, yeah. West Egg on a Sunday does pimento cheese grits. <laughs> Have you had that yet? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next most important thing that you're in Atlanta. All right. Roy, I'm sorry you're you're in LA. He comes uh, out here though, so he knows. I come out to that a lot. Have you taken him to a to a Chick-fil-A dwarf house yet? Not a proper dwarf house. No, not to I've told this story on the air many <laughs> times. I'll tell it again because it's one of my favorites. And then we'll talk about bourbon and everything. <laughs> so I was sitting with one of my best friends, Terrell. We were working for CSX at the time we were in training. And we're at the Chick-fil-A Dwarf House. And keep in mind, this is right across the street from our hotel, which Ric Flair stayed at our hotel the entire time we were there. Nice. And, then, and he kept it, they, like, for whatever reason, they let him park his Camaro out front in the circle. Nobody else's but his was always out front. For whatever reason, because he's Ric Flair, come on. <laughs> well, he wouldn't take, at first, like, I'm like, hey, will you take a picture? And he's like, he's like, I don't take pictures in the bars anymore. I'm like. All right, well, that's cool, man. I just retired out of the Marine Corps, and I was just hoping to get a picture. He's like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." So he ended up taking a picture with me. See, but there you go. Like, but we're in Chick Fil A Dwarf House, and me and Terrell, and the waitress looks at us and goes, "Y'all want to try something good?" And I'm like, well, "Listen, you are a voluptuous woman, and I'm not going to say no." When it comes to food. <laughs> so she goes and tell, proceeds to explain to us to get the Sweet potato souffle. Now, this is Chick-fil-A. Remember that, Troy. This is a sit-down restaurant Chick-fil-A that has sells burgers. She proceeds to tell us that we should get the sweet potato souffle with a scoop of ice cream on top of it. Do you want to know how glorious, warm, sweet potatoes with marshmallow and scent brown sugar and then throw a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top of that is? Like that's a level that like is hard to explain. It's it sounds like Thanksgiving at my house. You always have the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows and the brown sugar and ice cream on the side. Oh, it's so glorious. Okay, so now I feel better. Hi, gents. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Hey. Now, now you're hungry, but a little bit of liquid lunch. Look at that. Just pull it all in. So, so Troy, you're you're as we just said a minute ago. You're in L.A. Charlie, you're you're in Atlanta. Uh, help me understand how we're making Kentucky bourbon then. I'm very confused now. Sure. So um, we, while we live all over the country, we do all of our work in Kentucky. So our aging, our blending, and bottling all happens in Kentucky. That's where our barrels are. It's where um, you know our facility is that, that we do all the bottling at. Okay. So now, but now, Charlie, make sure I understood, but you're the master distiller? Correct. Now that that would be a very kind term for me. <laughs> like, okay. the, no, no, no. The go ahead, Troy. I was going to say so. We're we're what's it's an industry term, but we're called what's called an NDP, which about ninety five percent of the bourbon brands out there are NDPs, which means we are non distilling producer. So we source all of our whiskey from other distilleries. Oh, really? Yes. So a lot of blends and stuff like that. 
Yeah. So we'll source barrels and then we would do all the blending ourselves. So we we've gotten pretty good at blending where we, you know, we select exactly which barrels we taste all of our barrels, at least, you know, every six months or at least the, every right. year. And then we, it's hard work. And then we, uh, and then we come up with blends. And so we do that blending ourselves. So, okay. So you're not, because, you know, I think most of us, like the modern, if you're really into bourbon, you, you watch the documentary neat mm-hmm. and then it like just changes your life. And you're like, all right, I've got to drink this stuff. Yep. Even after at one point in time, the girl goes, the first sip of bourbon tastes like gasoline. And you're like, <laughs> then you try and you're like, yes, yeah, she's right. Like this is <laughs> so, so then, so you're not actually sitting there with a mash and going through the whole process of it. You're, but you're doing the other side to it, which I've heard that this is a big deal in that industry. There's so many people that kind of said, Oh, I'm going to, I can make this, I can distill this. And then they have problems getting it to market. Yeah. And that's exactly when we set out, we looked at, uh, you know, Charlie and I have been to almost probably over 80 distilleries all over the country at this point, started out for fun many, many years ago uh, and eventually became, you know, research. And, uh, and we, there was a common theme among many, many craft distilleries, which is they sunk a ton of capital into building an amazing facility and producing amazing liquid that they have to sit on for two, three, four, five years before they can sell. And so they're trying to sell vodka and gin, which you can, you don't have to age and, and they put all their money into the distillery with not a lot left to sell and market the product. So they make amazing whiskey that nobody knows about. So we kind of looked at that and said, you know what? Let's reverse it. Let's let's do our brand. Let's still go find amazing whiskey that other people make, right? That we select because we have particular tastes that we like and we'll blend it to our tastes. And let's focus on getting as many people as possible to enjoy our product and enjoy the branding that we bring along with it. Distillery, maybe one day down the road in the future, but we're really focused on on the brand and bringing it to as many people as possible. So that's kind of like that that term, and I've heard it from some of the other distillers that we've had on here. Uh, what is it? Vodka is for money, bourbon is for love, or whiskey is for love. It's something, <laughs> like, it's something along the lines because you can you can produce it. You can just let me kick yeah. this right out. But yeah. the other stuff, your years upon it. So that kind of, I'm going to get kind of in the weeds, and you know I don't like to, but so is there? How do you maintain then? Like, if you know, you know, here you two are, and you're like. Hey, I really like the notes from the above the bars bourbon, but it tastes way better when I mix mix it with budget blinds bourbon to create a thing. How do you maintain that going forward if one of them is like, hey, I've ran out because, you know, I had to go back to welding or some shit. Right. Um, So. We have kind of two sets of products. We have our our products that are like our core line that we will always have. So that's the Moonlight Mayhem bourbon, Moonlight Mayhem extended cut, which is the cast strength version of that, Rise of the Robots rye, and Rise of the Robots extended cut, which is the, the cast strength version of Rise of the Robots. Those we buy from a very large distillery that is not going to run out. And it's one that lots of people buy from. It's MGP in Indiana. So the, okay. the, the liquid in those bottles all comes from there. We are sitting on a very large uh, cache of barrels and we have access to a lot more um, because of relationships that we've built up uh, in the industry. So we're not worried about running out of that. Gotcha. 
Then we also have limited releases where we go and find very special short supply kind of bourbon or rye. And the first, we just put out our first limited release. We were at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival um, exhibiting this uh, just in September, a month or so ago. And so our first one is called Town at the End of Tomorrow. The future wants its bourbon and it's a Kentucky straight <laughs> nine-year-old bourbon. Here, let's see, I've got a bottle of it right here. Who does your labels? I got to ask, who does the labels? So so we create we create the concept first, right? We'll create like an original script for each one of the products that we want to come out with. And then we will create the poster for it. So we'll sit and, you know, come up. We've creative sessions, come up with a title first sometimes, sometimes a story idea. Sometimes we have a liquid that we found that we write a story for. And then I'll go into Photoshop and I'll sit and start mocking up and I'll do like 30 or 40 mock-ups. Charlie will tell you because like my I'll start sending them to the team like in the middle of the night. I'd say poor Charlie at two in the morning, his phone's like <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh and then you know I'll get everybody's feedback and we'll just go through a lot of iterations of that until we we've got exactly what we want. And then we will bring in an artist because I don't have the skill to paint these right, beautiful right. images. And the artist will recreate it from scratch and we'll supervise them doing that. But, you know, and then typically um, Charlie and I work on the writing. A lot of times I'll, you know, do something and I'll send it over to him and I'll say, okay, now write all the copy for the bottle. Cause Charlie is a very creative writer, but he's also an excellent copywriter. So he does a really good job of coming up with all the, the stuff that's on the bottle. So, well, all right. So, and that was kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Cause, cause folks, and look, if you're interested in what they got going on, make sure you go to anything where you just start follow uh, films, Filmland Spirits, just like it sounds, and you can find them on anywhere on social media. But probably one of the most fascinating things, and I have a bottle, and I'm going to crack this open. I have not opened. I even made sure I had a clean, uh, un, untainted glass because I was drinking <laughs> the rye of the robots uh, for this one here. So, because uh, I'm a Heaven's Hill guy. I like Heaven's Hill bourbon. So I figure that's my standard for bourbon. Sure. Uh, but I love the fact that you sit down and this has that very fifties drive in movie vibe. And, and, you know, like I'm, I'll read this one real quick here, folks. And then, you know, you can listen to the smooth, silky sounds of my voice. Moonlight mayhem. It's Romeo and Juliet with fangs in the story of two star-crossed lovers living in a modern world populated by werewolves. Can a human, and his shape-shifting girlfriend protect their love from disapproving family and dangerous foes? Or will she be unable to resist sinking her teeth into the delicious snack that is her sweetheart? I mean, love that. Like, how do you <laughs> not, how can you not read it that way also? When no, when oh, you yeah. play, when you got like, <laughs> Troy was reading it along with you. I saw him like mouthing the words. Oh, as yeah. you <laughs> I mean, and then you got all the characters name and they got backstories the QR code to go in further and get more onto it. And I love this because the first time I think I ever saw anything like this was Snoop Dogg's uh, death row. Mm -hmm. And you can hold your phone. You got to download the app and you hold your phone over it. And it tells you about who the, who these people were, which I thought was very interesting, but this is like a full blown story. I did. I did laugh when I realized the werewolf was running with a bottle of bourbon in his hand. <laughs> I was like, nice. That that's a great little add to it. But I guess the question is, is, you know, for the two of you, what was that conversation like? Who who birthed this idea and who had to get talked into it? <laughs> so 
Go ahead, Sean. You want to? No, I'm pointing at you. Like Hollywood. I know he was an owner and founder there, but I want to know how how this whole thing came to be. So uh, Charlie and I have been friends for about 30 years, and we've we've done businesses together. We've been screenwriting partners together over the years, Um, but most importantly, just very good friends. And uh, we started. We both got into bourbon about 10 years ago or so. Kind of separate. I always say separately and together. And we started meeting. Uh, in Kentucky, the motherland, once a year at least, and going to distilleries. So we'd go to Kentucky for four or five days, go to like five or six distilleries a day, like crazy people. And we just fell in love with it. We fell in love with the culture and the art and the science and the cocktails and and the people. And just one of those trips, we said, one day we got to do our own brand. But, you know, we're, we're living, we both got kids, we're in separate parts of the country. So you flash forward a bunch of years and and um, I finally get to a place where I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing a brand and I'm going to start working on it. And I'm sitting with another friend of mine who happens. He's in the entertainment industry, but also happens to be a podcast host. And we're, he's helping me get this all off the ground. And he starts, you know, interviewing me. Just the two of us sitting there and asking me what I'm passionate about. And I start talking about writing and the movies and he says, you know, the, the passion you're talking about writing is the same passion you talk about whiskey and bourbon with. Find a way to combine those. And that was sort of that Filmland Spirits, you know, came very quickly after that. Rise of the Robots came like out of my mouth seconds after that. Because <laughs> I mean, because we knew we wanted the labels to be um, bright and colorful. And so, yeah, right. And as soon as I th- we started talking about combining passion of movies and, and bourbon together, um it just you know i was like this has got to be b movies this is because b movies gives us this incredible canvas and this playground for fun and for bright eye-catching stuff so then you know then i called up charlie and i said you know we're doing this we got to do this and then you know from that point then we start doing creative sessions where we uh i didn't have to twist charlie's arm did i charlie i was about to say charlie (laughs) what was that conversation like when you heard like hey we're gonna do this and you're like What was that reaction like? Wait, more bourbon? Okay. No, pretty much. Yeah. No, we'd been talking about it for years. So it was really just kind of bringing it from idea to reality. So I was 100% on board. Now, the thing about Charlie is this Film on Spirits wasn't the first concept we had. We had about 10 others before. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. And that's that's why we were just my friend started interviewing me because we were just like banging our heads against the wall to figure out what the right concept would be, because we'd come up with stuff we loved. And then either, you know, it was trademarked by somebody else or it turned out there was a brand already out there like it. Um, but Charlie has this unique talent. If you give him a, a like a creative, like we'd come up with a name, he can immediately project what a negative review would say. <laughs> like- right all right like, so hold on charlie the above the bar podcast no i'm not doing it dude <laughs> nope <laughs> no <laughs> i could no if he wasn't being shy right now he would say something like above the bar should probably raise it a little bit <laughs> he, he, right <laughs> he has he has his knack so we'd come up with an idea and i'd call him and i'd tell him the idea and then he would immediately be like, oh, man, I can already see the headlines. If they don't like it, they're going to say this, this, and this. And I'm like, ah, you're ruining it for But it. You ruined it. You ruined it. It's great. It's my horrible it, superpower. Yeah. Because <laughs> it pushed us and pushed us until, you know, called up and said, Filmland Spirits. And I remember Charlie was like, love it. Love it. That I, sounds great. I love the name. Thank and you. I was, you know, I was just over, you guys heard me at the end of the TikTok live I do before each episode. And one of the things that, you know, it might seem like silly and small, 
we were referring to the worst bourbon that I've ever had. Uh, that's to my left and shall not be named. Uh, I don't care. You don't pay my bills. Uh, it's horrible. They're great marketing because they're in like a pretty important town if you're into sports. Um, but what in, one of the things that was little that impressed me with you guys has nothing to do with what's in this bottle was the fact that you guys took the time that your bottles in the glass say film land. Like that might sound stupid to some people, but if you ever meet small batch distillers, one of the toughest things for them is finding bottles. So getting glass, getting bottles, especially through COVID was impossible. I know guys that were like, yeah, we were changing up everything we had just oh, yeah. to get. Yep. And then for you guys to have like a legit bottle that says Filmland all over it. That's a pretty big deal, in my opinion. Like, what did that even take? That took a year of our lives. Yeah. It delayed launching the company for a year. Really? We, just to have yeah. these bottles? We, we, were, we were planning on launching in fall of 21, and we ended up launching in September of 22 because the bottles took a year because of the partially because of the shortages from COVID, and then all the factories that make the bottles are catching up, and you had to wait in line. But the development on that bottle was over seven months in terms of design and back and forth. And I love it. Yeah, it, it's it's meant. What's interesting is because our labels are so sort of wild and crazy and colorful. We wanted to make sure that people understood we're serious about the whiskey. The packaging, we have fun with it and we don't take ourselves seriously. The liquid, we take ourselves seriously. Right. And everything, for example, every everything we put on the market has won either gold or double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Wow. So we are very serious about that. So we wanted the bottle to be a little more stately, a little more serious to say, hey, it's like when you go to the movies, right? You could go to an MGM movie or a Paramount movie. It could be a comedy. It could be a romance. It could be an action movie. But once you see that Paramount logo or that Universal logo, you know, this is it's a certain stamp of quality on it. So our, our bottle is like the proscenium for the liquid in the movie. So what's funny is. And maybe this was, I guess this was part of it, was it reminded me of a marquee, like the cap reminded me of a marquee, like yeah. an older, not not obviously an older marquee, but we're going to crack out. So as if you were watching the live folks, I just cracked the seal on the bourbon and I'll read this. Let me read this description. Who wrote these descriptions? Let me ask that. Who wrote the descriptions? Uh, Charlie and I write those. It was us. Yeah. yeah. Write these? yeah. Delicious and sweet with cherry and citrus on the nose, vanilla and caramel on the tongue, and an intricate finish of toffee and toasted oak. Enjoyed neat on the rocks or in a cocktail, this smooth blend will delight werewolves and humankind. So, all right. So the <laughs> bottle's open. I'm fucking... John, I was watching when you like pop the uh, plastic. Was if that wasn't a K bar, I'm like really disappointed, dude. It was well, not well, a well. K bar. You know what? <laughs> I, so I'll tell you funny there. I only owned a K bar once in my entire Marine Corps career, and you used to be able to get them fairly on the cheap. They were like twenty five, thirty dollars. They were no big deal. Like guys just had them, and then like I went to go buy one not long ago. I was like, ah, I should probably replace this. I haven't had one in a long time. They're like $90, $120. And I'm like, fucking stupid K-Bar. Like, it's not. And we don't even carry those in the Marine Corps anymore. We carry right. M9, like, bayonet knife things that, like, really kind of legitimately are, are better. But 
All right, gents. So as I'm pouring this, I got to ask this question. Since you've made this, what is your, do you have like, I'm, I'm a neat guy. I, I started off on the rocks and I found that I, I became a neat guy. Charlie, what are you? I'm a neat guy. Yep. How, how about you there, Troy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a neat guy also. I mean, I will, I enjoy cocktails, but if I'm going to taste a bourbon for the first time, I always taste it neat. That's because you're an ally. <laughs> I love Letter Kenny, if you can't tell. Have you ever watched Letter Kenny? No. I can't believe You got like soundboarded, dude. You <laughs> did. Like you've never watched. Man, it kind of hurts that you've never. You got to need to, especially as a TV guy, you got to watch Letter Kenny. It's like a Canadian based show. Okay. And it's, it's absolutely hilarious. It's on Hulu. Uh, a lot, you know how all of a sudden you started hearing that sound effect and it sounded like everybody was doing like the porn star moan, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? It got real annoying mm -hmm. letter, Kenny. Okay. Like they do a whole bar scene where they're like talking about how porn stars sound and they're like making the noise. Each one of them had like their opinion of what a porn star sounded like. So, but all right, gents, enough about porn stars. Let's drink your bourbon. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So. Smells good. So this one is Moonlight Mayhem, a saga of werewolves and bourbon. It's a uh, um, 94 proof. This one won a double gold at San Francisco. Now, you know what I got right away off of that? Was that toffee toasted taste. Mm -hmm. Like right away. Like for me, it went right to that. Now it could be because I had the bourbon. Or they are rye already right. a little bit, mm -hmm. but that's instantly wow, and almost like a vanilla flavor to it. Like wow, yeah. we we try not we you know we have tasting notes on the bottle because we want it to be accessible to everybody. But when we're sitting with ta and tasting with people who know what they're doing, we don't like to lead the witness. So yeah, I, like, I'm like, not going to tell you what to expect to taste. I want to hear what you taste out. Yeah, of. like so. So for me. You know, obviously, I read the cherry. I can taste a little bit of that, but more so what I get out of that, I should have had water with me to clean my palate. But uh, I I get more of that vanilla. And, and this might sound crazy to people. When I smell bourbon, I need that first smell, as we were joking about the gasoline smell. Mm -hmm. I need to have a gasoline kind of a smell. It needs to smell like liquor. Does that make sense? Like alcohol? Sure. Like, like, I don't want it to be like I'm sniffing something in it, like where people are like, I don't really smell anything. Well, then oh, yeah. Well, no. Yeah. No, you want it to be something want it. there. Right. And I do the air suck thing. Like, I don't suck, folks. I just the <laughs> air thing. But. Gents, you're that's two for two. And that's not because you're just on my show. I would tell you if I was like, man, eh, it's OK. It's pretty good. <laughs> I have Thank no you. problem. I didn't tell you guys the rules about the show beforehand. There's three rules. Nothing's off off topic. Everybody's welcome. There's only gets to be one asshole, and that's me. So <laughs> I, tell you that. Uh, I have that? to hang up now. Sorry. <laughs> On you go. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Wow. That is really um so so you're but now this is still considered as a blend though. I think the blend thing for me is like, I've learned more about it from having mm -hmm. friends that are in the industry and, and, 
and learning more about it. But the blend piece to this, like, I know you said you, you sat and you drink all these different barrels and bottles right. and whatnot, but how difficult is it to finally like go, all right, two parts, this one part that, or, or whatever the process is. It's that's why we always say, and, and I think everybody from distillers to blenders or whatever will say it is both an art and a science, right? Cause when you're, when you're, people always ask that, like, how do you come up with these ideas? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, they just come and I'm in a certain mood or I get motivated or you go into it. Like when I write, sometimes I just kind of go into a trance and I don't really, you know, it just kind of all comes out. And then I look at it and go, oh, that's interesting. I think the blending is, uh, there's a little more science to it than that. But I think the blending, as I, as I think about it, because I've asked myself that same question, like what, how do we end up here? Um, but we're, so not to get too technical, but we are not considered, um, by law a blend we are we are okay. a straight bourbon a blend would be if we're taking different barrels of bourbon made in different places or with different recipes and blending them together we're all the barrels that go into our bottle are the same bourbon they're made in the same place they're made okay. with the same mash bill they may be different ages right and and but they all are the same you know so we're blending together those barrels but there is a massive difference from barrel to barrel we can open up one barrel, taste it, and be like, what the heck is this? And open another and go, we're saving this for a single barrel because it's the greatest thing I've ever tasted because maybe it's a different lot. Maybe it was aged in a different part of the warehouse. We also bring our barrels to Kentucky and age them, so that changes them over time as well. All right. Two questions. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with the first one. You mentioned cask strength. Sure. This is a very hot topic in the world of bourbons and, and liquors and whiskeys where a lot of these companies are coming out with this term cask strength and saying hey come drink this it's way stronger it's cask strength right what made you want to go that way and tell me your viewpoint on saying that yup cask strength is legitimately of higher strength than you know as you said buying our regular bourbon or there what's different because i i kind of look at cast strength and i go eh. i'll be honest I'm like, eh. sure. so so help me out here sure so we've got two products what you just tasted is our moonlight mayhem that is not cast strength that we proof down which means we add water to it to bring it down to you know 47 percent alcohol 94 proof and we do that very specifically um, because when we designed, when we blended that moon, and this answers a little bit of your other question, which I don't even think I answered, but when we, when we blended that, we said, let's make a bourbon that we like, but let's make it really accessible because we know our labels are probably going to attract some new bourbon drinkers and we want them to enjoy their first experience with bourbon, not have it hit them too hard, have some sweetness in there, that kind of thing. Um, and then peanut butter. We lost Troy just like that for me saying peanut butter. I said peanut butter and we lost Troy. I just took another sip and that's what I tasted. But, oh, okay. I think you got, I cut out there for a second. I lost you guys. I took another second. sip and I'm sorry. I had to throw that out there. I, I tasted peanut butter. You tasted peanut butter. Okay. Does that make any sense or is I'm, I, I haven't had that much to drink. I promise. You, you, you taste whatever you taste. It's subjective. A it's large portion of it is subjective. I tasted peanut butter. All right, good. So, so, so you, cask, you pair it down with a little bit of water to, to bring it to a, a new strength. Right. 
And that's we wanted to make that bourbon really accessible to new bourbon drinkers, but complex enough and flavorful enough for you know seasoned bourbon drinkers as well. Then we said, let's make a cast strength for us, the kind of bourbon that we love to drink. And so what happens is we're cast strength means we're bottling it at whatever proof it came out of the barrel at. Okay. Right. There's no water added to it. There's nothing done to it. It's just whatever that proof is, that's where it goes in. So it's going to be higher. So our Moonlight Mayhem is 94 proof. The current batch of cast strength is 114 proof. Right. But we're also all about a, a cast strength that's smoother and is not, you know, most people when they try our cast strength bourbon, they they go, that doesn't drink like it's, you know, that high of proof. We want to make yeah, sure that paint off the wall. Right, exactly. But the whole idea of cast strength is there's more alcohol in it. And the flavor is not coming from the water, right? That you add to alcohol. The flavor, the flavor is coming from the alcohol. So when it's higher strength, you're going to have more flavor. There's more complexity, there's more things going on. So as you evolve as a whiskey drinker, if you're able to, you know, if, if you're comfortable having higher alcohol, you know, and, and learning to not feel that burn or, you know, or find alcohol that doesn't have a burn, you're going to get a lot more flavor out of it. 100% agree with that. That is such a, well, that's, you know, that's that initial burn taste and then moving on. Right. So, and folks, Charlie deserves a round of applause because Charlie is, Charlie can, I must say, Charlie's manning up. He sent me a message earlier. He was feeling a little under the weather and he's still hanging with me. So, brother, <laughs> I appreciate you. If you, if you still, you know, you still feeling up to it, but, so is there anything on the horizon as far as bourbons, whiskeys? Like I, I'm a big fan of white dogs. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that is a unsung liquor that, you know, it, it, and it's not a flavor for everybody. It is like when people drink sour beer, I want to like, please dump your sour piss water out. I don't <laughs> like it. I made that mistake of tasting Ithaca breweries sour. And some people are like, it's amazing. And I'm like, this is gross. This is absolutely disgusting. But is there anything on the horizon where you're like, Hey, we really want to get into this. Charlie, you, you up to answering? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best as punchy as I am. Um, as Sean said, I'm not feeling the greatest, but so, I mean, specific to like white dog, we've like right now, all of the, all of the whiskey that we own is aged um, to some degree. Um, we have, have been um, exploring sourcing new, uh, like new make whiskey. Um, although we don't necessarily currently have any new make whiskey, but it's, it's one of the things that we're definitely looking at. Um, but yeah, on the horizon, we have a number of things kind of, we have an ongoing innovation pipeline that is, you know, like Troy said earlier, we have our kind of our core products and then we have a number of products that we experiment along the way. The most recent being town at the end of tomorrow, um, which is our, our, uh, our nine year. You're laughing. Did I say it wrong? No, no, it, it's laughing because, okay. because what is it? Town at the end of tomorrow that wants their bourbon back or something like yeah, that exactly the future wants its bourbon yeah future, future wants, wants its bourbon. bourbon yeah um but we'll we will continue to do um we'll continue to do innovative innovative products going forward we have some stuff that's been sitting in barrels for almost like two years now i feel like it's been quite a while um so we have some product that's really unique unlike anything anybody else has 
I feel like that's been sitting in barrels for at least a year, some of it a year and a half. Um, we'll do some finishes and then, you know, you mentioned new make we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Although our intent is to release um, more aged product. I don't know if we have anything like Troy, we haven't talked about anything younger per se in the no, immediate er future. No, yeah. every, everything that goes into our bottles will always be at least four years old. If it's an aged whiskey, it'll always be okay. at least four years old. What you're drinking there is about five and a half years old. Yeah. Um, I didn't look. Do you do you batch number these? Um, we don't anymore. Depends on what when you got that bottle. Yeah. Um, we did in the beginning. In the beginning, we had batch number, batch name, um, uh, everything, and and um, so those are collector's editions. They are because, <laughs> because now they are. Yeah. <laughs> logistically, it is just too challenging to be honest, and it, it created too much, uh, made it too hard to get the the product out the door. Um, because our labels don't have any hand writing on them, nothing's handwritten, we can't add special numbering after the fact. God. So you have to figure out how much yield are we going to get out of this batch? Let's not print too many labels and have to throw them out. Let's not print too few. And it just became too much. To, so we decided after the first batch to take that stuff off. And, and you know, we know it because we, we, there's things about it that we know separate batch to batch. But for now, until until we are much bigger and we're on big giant machines that can print after the fact, we won't have batch numbers on there. I I'll tell you another one. I got to introduce you to a buddy of mine, Doug Smythe mm -hmm. from Phoenix Shaving. I, this is going to sound crazy, but his Phoenix Shaving stuff does the exact similar theme of that fifties B movies, but for shaving with old school drop the razor in tighten mm -hmm. everything up that kind of stuff have you looked at you know even partnering and i'm not obviously i'm not saying like hey doug come find us we'll partner <laughs> um, i just need, many blinds I just, need, I just need one percent of whatever happens <laughs> if you guys do uh because you could make a bourbon aftershave i love it i'm on this shit but ha have you looked at you know because of the movie themes and, and some of the things that are out there or is that you know kind of going to your guys background a little bit here is that even a thing you could do to partner with somebody to be like hey we're, we're partnering this because we've seen some some bourbons out there that you know, in whiskeys, obviously proper, proper 12. Um, God, I saw somebody else who, you know, I, I mentioned the Snoop Dogg thing. There was another one the other day that I saw. I was like, everybody's like, oh, such and such actor has a bourbon now. And right. then I read on it and I'm like, they just put some money into it. They didn't do shit. Like, let's not call it their bourbon. You know, it's like George Clooney's uh, vodka. Everybody's like, look, it's George's. Trust me, George at no point in time was was mashing potatoes up to make make vodka. But is there anything like you like, hey, I really want to work with these guys or those guys? You know, we we you kind of answered the the question, which we specifically because we we got asked that all the time, especially in the beginning when we were fundraising and doing everything. People were like, oh, you should get a celebrity involved. And we're like, you know what? That's not what we're doing. If we get a celebrity involved, I think it takes what we're doing and cheapens it a little bit where you know um what we're doing is is creative it's coming from us it is our creativity it is it is our passion and the story and the liquid are so tied together it's not you know it's not this thing that we just slapped on there's you know tremendous amount of thought and detail 
that goes into it. Now, if somebody who happened to be famous became a huge fan of us and they were creative and they got in touch and said, I would love to do some a collaboration with you, you know, sure, we're always open to that kind of conversation, but we're definitely not like a celebrity brand in that regard. You're not whoring for it right now. You're like, if somebody shows up at the door and, you know, and it's raining outside, you know, you're going to give it to damn it, Janet, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not whoring for one of them to show up. And I get that. Is there, but is there like, would you say, I gotta ask, like, is there any of those, like, you remember, I don't know if you guys had, where'd you guys grow up at? Was it like LA and Atlanta you grew up in? No, I grew up in New York. Oh, that's right. You're from Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah from Crooklyn. You know, <laughs> I'm from Baltimore. You guys like, uh, how about you, Charlie? I'm an army brat, so I grew up all over. Uh, ever Fort Lost in the Woods? Did you ever end up there? Fort Leonard Wood, Fort Lost in the Woods? No, uh, yeah, uh, a number, like a couple of times, actually. My dad was field artillery, so yeah, we, we lived there a couple of times. Yeah. Well, you can tell your dad I said this. The best <laughs> officers that I had in my 20 years in the Marine Corps were always artillery officers. There you go. <laughs> I far never... Like our infantry officers, if I had to deal with an infantry officer, they were like a 50, 50 shot that they were like really good or really trying to get promoted. Anybody else who was like a suppo supply officer sucked. Absolutely sucked. (laughs) Absolute goat nuts. They are the worst humans on the planet. They couldn't. Hey, hey, Charlie, what did you do when you were a captain in the army? Were you a suppo? You weren't a suppo. What are you talking about, Troy? Charlie, you weren't a suppo, were you? Charlie, no, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Charlie, God, please tell me you weren't a suppo. I really liked you. My worst CO ever was a suppo. Was uh, in, the, in the army, we called it quartermaster. Not, not oh, suppo. that's not a suppo. Something else. I'm telling you that I'm calling him a suppo. That's Listen to me. But uh, yeah, tell your dad. All right, I'll tell you. He'll be very happy, actually. Artillery so, officers were by far the best leaders i ever dealt with in the marine corps by far and i used to go to and i've gone i was in an artillery unit for my first four years so but completely left turn here folks but so but is there um yes natalie portman call us stat because (laughs) like we're ready i got a plan for us are you guys ready (laughs) i got a plan where you're gonna get a celebrity to endorse your stuff you ready Mm-hmm. but it's going to take it it's going to take like a weekend trip for you you're going to have to travel on thursday and then you can leave either sunday afternoon or monday morning but here's what you're going to do you ready yeah you're going to get you know you're going to get some moonlight mayhem you're going to get some rye of the robots and you're going to put them up and you're going to go to hudson new york all right He's shaking his head. He already knows where I'm going with this. I, I don't, but I've spent, you know, I've I dated a girl for years from uh, Peekskill. Okay, that's further south. We're 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 north. North. Okay. You're gonna go to Hudson, New York. I was an Amtrak conductor for seven years. Nice. I dropped off uh, Sarah. I picked up Sarah Paulson there. We've had Drew Barrymore get on there. We've had um, what the heck's his name? Um, billionaires. Uh, the show Billionaires. The redheaded guy. Um, Gotta can't think of his name right now. Um, Dylan, or I can't think of his name from the show Billionaires, but he's like the main character in Billionaires. Uh, but all the celebrities, 
take the train and they get on on Fridays and they come up to Hudson and they leave on the noon train out of Hudson to go back to New York City. Mm -hmm. So you could sit there in Hudson, <laughs> old school fruit stand style and start passing out and they would see the name and you could just pass out stuff. Cause just south of us in Rhinecliff, that's where um Paul Rudd and uh Negan, I can't think of his name right now, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yeah, uh own the candy store in in Rhinecliff, New York. Okay. So you come here, let me know. I'll carry bottles for you. <laughs> if one shows up missing, I can't help you. Yeah, right. It happens. Loss prevention, call somebody, <laughs> and we can do that. What do you think? Sound like uh, an idea? Sure. I guess we're taking an Amtrak ride in uh, upstate New York. And I, I need uh, Frankie B's. I think that's what the name of it was, the barbecue place down in Atlanta. I need that one. It's like Frankie's or Freddy's or something like that. All I know is it was the best Frito pie I've ever had. Best Frito pie. Oh, now I have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty impressive Frito pie. I have to look through my notes on my phone, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, Frankie B's or Freddie B's or Frankie's barbecue or some shit. I don't know. You guys have amazing food in Atlanta. That's all I can tell you is like, I ate like such a King in, in Atlanta. Like I loved the food there, but nonetheless, moving on as I sit here and ramble on to myself, um, we're getting ready to close up the bar. We got to get some more things in. What about cocktails with this stuff? I mean, I know we're talking about mixers and everything, but I did want to know, like most people, it, we're absolute lunatics because we're drinking all this neat and that's what we enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I think most people, that is not their go-to with any of this stuff. They're looking for the mixer. So for you guys, what has been your, uh, your your go-to mixer or how did you know how do you you find or have you even created like hey this is our our signature cocktail or anything yeah sure so so on our website we got a lot of content on our website you know uh we have like if you scan the qr codes qr code on every bottle you'll get to the website and we have storyboards for the movie we have script pages we have a trailer you can watch for the movie we have po movie poster you can download, all of that. But we have an entire cocktail section as well. And in that cocktail section, it's basically our take on some pretty, you know, uh, traditional cocktails, just, you know, twisted a little bit and using our products. So we have like a Hollywood Boulevard DA because Moonlight Mayhem takes place on Hollywood Boulevard. And we have a robot smash instead of a whiskey smash, you know, made with a rise of the robots and, you know, slight changes in the ingredients and that kind of thing. But Charlie and I are both, I mean, old fashions are, are a go-to for us. Um, you know, in Manhattan. What's that? I don't think I've ever had an old fashioned. Really? Yeah. You know, now we definitely have to take that train ride because we'll make you some. Old definitely. Fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't know. I've never been here. here I'll, I'll let you look behind the curtain. If you ever hear the words tequila sunrise come out of my mouth, <laughs> put me in the cab, the Uber, <laughs> get me out of the room. The blackout is coming. It's normally the last thing I remember is the words tequila sunrise. And then I wake up and I'm like, where am I? What did I do? What's going on? That is the, uh, that has become like the final. And it's, folks if you've never had one it's just nothing but sweetness sugary 
grenadine, orange juice, and tequila. Just right. So that was what I was going to say is uh, there's a lot of old fashions out there that are overly sweetened. Yep. And okay. Charlie, Charlie and I are not f a fan of that. I'd rather, I want an old fashioned where I can taste the whiskey or I can taste the bourbon. It's, right. it's a classic bartender test actually is like yeah. order an old fashioned and you'll see if the bartender knows what's what. Right. Okay. So that like, that's, that should be like your go-to like order an old fashioned. But now where do you go then though? To, to create your baseline like do you have any recommendations like there's so many of these places now like especially you know you go down into the city and there's only one in the city folks it's new york city you know if you're in baltimore you call it going into town new york city we you call it going to the city mm -hmm. but <laughs> is there any like there's a lot of those pop up now like where like the hipsters have taken over and they're like i'll mix you anything you want and but where do you go and find like a good one so you can create a baseline? What do you think? Um, oh my gosh, I'm totally drawing a blank now. There's a bar on like the Upper East Side, around 76th or so, and I am uh, totally you sent drawing... me there. I'm like blanking on the name I've, of the I've place. I sent Charlie there. I know they make a fantastic old fashioned. And oh, I, hold I on, let's Google that, Nate. All right, Nate just showed up. All right, so <laughs> Nate, I need you to do some googling. What is it now? It's on the Upper East Side. And I, look, I haven't been there since before COVID, so I don't know if it's survived so Who knows COVID. if it's even open or not? So um, upper, upper East Side. Around 76th or 79th somewhere and and like first. Um, oh, my gosh. I cannot remember the name of it. And I, I send people there all the time. And every time I go to New York City, if I can get there, I go there. They make a fantastic old-fashioned. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. We got the East Wing. We have the Pony Bar. Uh jones wood foundry second floor bar in easton the stumble in uh the sefton horns hook tavern oh, phil's God. hughes bar you doc, hit watson. It what? doc watson no no um bondurance yes yeah bondurance bondurance, bondurance. oh, yeah. oh look at that not it troy it it's sounds a, like it. yeah 303 east 85th street this says that might be That's right. It, right, Bondurant. Yeah, rustic yeah. bar with whiskey and rotating beers. I feel like that's it. That's, that's uh, it. Let, let me, me get let a me picture. Let's see if I can get one of these pictures to come up. Does that look like the bar? Does that yeah, look familiar? Uh -huh. Yeah, yep, that's, that's it. it. Well, there you yeah. go. So we'll yeah. all. So thank you, listen, folks. Shameless plug. Bondurant. Bond, oh God, I can't read. I'm so fucking illiterate. I, I was going to say it's got like a French name. I thought so. So wait, I have an off-the-cuff place, though. Like, also makes a great old-fashioned, but it is, it is like, right off of Times Square. So if you're trying Ooh. to avoid that place, avoid it. But if you go down near uh, Times Square, the Rum House, they do a great rum old-fashioned, but they have a really good whiskey selection as well and make a great whiskey old-fashioned as well. The See, Rum House, R-H-U-M, Rum House. I'm a... Uh, I'm I'm a Hell's Kitchen guy. I'm a Hell's Kitchen. Not guy. far. It's a, not not that far. Not that far at not all. Not far at all. I God, I wish I could remember the name of the place we just found. My best friend Ken and I. We went to New York City Comic Con. I go every year. Yeah. And uh, we found a place. Uh, shameless plug. We walk into the bar and I'm sitting there going, "I know that guy. I can't think of his name. I know that guy. I know that guy. It's Joe Jusco. Uh, and if you're in the comic books, he, he's an artist. He's amazing. Yeah. Joe Jusco sitting right there with his wife, and I'm like. And the next day we're, we're going around and I'm like, Joe, I saw you at the bar yesterday. Cause I saw a sign. And I was like, fuck it. Joe Jusco was at the bar. <laughs> yeah. 
And that place was awesome. Uh, it's like, oh, Ke Nate says, was going to Google the best version of the drink in that area and see what comes up. Well, Google it, Nate, and tell me what comes up. There we and go. It, so and, I've actually done um, a bunch of years ago. Uh, I was supposed to have plans with a friend that was in New York City and his wife was pregnant. He was like, I can't, I can't come out. The baby could come every, any minute. So I'm like, well, now I'm on my own. All right. So I did a walking old fashioned tour of the Upper East Side. And I started at Bondurant's and had an old fashioned there as my baseline because I'd been there before and I knew I loved it. And I just stopped at as many restaurants and bars as I could all up and down the east side and the Upper East Side and had I probably, you know, tasted I, I couldn't sit there and drink them all, but I tasted probably 10 different old fashions that night and they were all decent. But I walked away with a very important lesson and I'm a huge fan of Mexican food. Do not order an old fashioned at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> that is, that is a, um, you know, you're not getting the best old fashioned when it's overly sweet and it's filled with like crushed ice, like you get at the soda machine, right? It's just filled to the top with crushed ice and there's like a lot of fruit in it, you know, and that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, not, not going to be the best old fashioned. Charlie and I have even had old fashions at a Mexican restaurant in Kentucky. And they were yeah, not great. <laughs> not not so. not not just once, but many times actually. I feel right. like yeah, a couple of times at least. Senor, you need you need the old fashioned, senor. We got you. Yeah. Don't worry about when it. he comes in, it's like a fruit salad. I mean, I guess you yeah. can write it off as like this is healthy or something. But I'm, no. I'm doing I'm doing something good for my body at this right. point. Right, exactly. That's amazing. Hey, but you know what? Scary. You know, completely sidebar as we're getting closer to the end here. Um. I will tell you, I, you know, I've been to a lot of bars in a lot of places. The the worst is Philly because Philly is like you, like you start off on Delaware Ave and everybody's like, Hey, I really like this bar. And you have to physically drive like across town to get to this other, other bar. And you're like, I'm going to get a DUI at any minute here. Like, there's no reason for this. Baltimore were good, like like Fells Point. If you've never been to Fells Point, there's like a million bars every other corner. It's amazing, but I have to say, New York City bar scene. There is, I mean, I've partied in Barcelona. I've been to Toulon. Well, you know what? I'll tell you the two of them: Venice, Italy, and New York City have two of the best bar scenes. Completely different scenes, but two of the best bar scenes I've ever been to. I, I mean. There's nothing like you can just find a bar and everybody in New York City. I've never gone to a New York City bar where somebody was douchey to me. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like everybody's yeah. like, nobody's from here. Nobody, nobody started off here. So just come on in. Like, you must have just moved here. Just sit down. Fuck it. Come on. Right. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, I, wait, uh, can, the, the bar scene, I mean, the bourbon bar scene in Kentucky is great. You know, especially in like downtown Louisville, there's a great, great places to drink there. Yeah. The only thing I would add is like after, and Troy mentioned earlier, when we do blending, we'll taste 20, 30 barrels worth of, you know, like uh. worth of samples. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, I just want a martini. I need a break from <laughs> like completely flavor profile. Yeah. I like, I need a break from, from bourbon. I have yet to get, and like, God bless, I love Kentucky more than any state in America probably, but I cannot get a good martini in that state to save my life. And I have tried many, many times. 
You get called a sissy boy when you order a martini, don't you? <laughs> you that shit now. Again, hey, sissy you, boy, you, you want you a martini? What the hell you need that for, sissy? Right. You go. You go back to the old fashioned. It's like, all right, fuck it. I meant. I meant an old fashioned. I'm right. sorry. But I'm the thing is, there's like, like downtown Louisville and downtown Lexington. There are world class restaurants. I mean, the food scene in Kentucky and those parts of Kentucky is fantastic. You know, world renowned chefs have places there, and still the martinis tend to fall short. The <laughs> bourbon drinks are fantastic, wow, right? But the, roof, the martinis yeah. tend to be like, why, why does this taste like cleaning fluid? <laughs> so. well, I would think that like in Kentucky, like bourbon wise it's got to be like a philly with a cheesesteak it's really like who do you know it's it's what neighborhood are you in yeah. like nobody nobody's drinking the the typical names we all know around the country like i mentioned heaven's hill earlier right. fyi folks they own like hey if you really like that buffalo trace it's fucking heaven hill heaven's hills they own buffalo trace fyi um it's you know what the, the difference is there there are so many brands and people do drink yeah. their their go-to but there's a lot of bourbon tourists there's two million tourists come into kentucky every year for Just bourbon. bourbon yeah and so there's a lot of people coming they're looking for something special but they're also bringing people with them who are new to bourbon and so they are trying you know and believe me i'm i'm a fan of and i know charlie is too we love like woodford reserve and they're a, a Bean like product we love and you know and and sazerac products like buffalo trace and everything we love those too my grandmother, old granddad. Yeah, man. And I will tell you right now, if you've never had a glass of old granddad, as long as you don't show somebody the label, mm -hmm. it's a good fucking bourbon. You're talking about the regular or the or the 114? No, high proof. The 114. Like, like the legit old yeah. granddad. Old like, granddad 114 is like, like, put, yeah. hair on your, like yeah. put hair on the bottom of your feet. Yeah. Old granddad. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. My, that was what my grandmother drank. <laughs> like and we're talking Your grandmother like, and my granddad would have like <laughs> we my grandmother's nickname was gi judy she nice. never served a day in her life but she would come into rooms and like bark orders at everyone <laughs> and, and nate just threw out uh, a great bar in baltimore the horse you came in on bar is the one that uh Edgar, they say is the location where edgar Allan poe died like that was the last bar he drank in and then died when he came out Right. Fell into a puddle or whatever. The whatever. yeah, there's like I, we just did a thing here at the Egg in Albany where it was a, a Edgar Allan Poe speakeasy. So mm -hmm. as the show went along, they read from uh, famous poems and then provided a cocktail based on that poem. It was really really neat. Very cool. But uh, all right, Nate, you didn't ask it, so now I feel like I I I'm full of shit here. You didn't ask these guys what their go-to is. So what I'll ask it for Nate, because Nate normally asks it. What is your go-to, like having a, a bourbon or having a mixed drink, go-to like bar food, meal, anything? <laughs> um, well, okay, because, you know, I, um, if it's late night and we're in Kentucky. I know where you're going. We're we're gonna stop somewhere and get some soft pretzels and beer cheese. Beer cheese. Okay. Kentucky, I like right? beer yeah. cheese. That's a late yeah. night Kentucky thing. But we've had, I mean, there's a restaurant in Kentucky. What is it called? Uh, uh Gave and Rye. It is an upscale Mexican place. They tacos. serve pretty much just all really fancy tacos and all kinds of rye whiskey. There's a couple of locations. There's one in Lexington and one in Louisville. Fantastic. Love doing that. 
And then I'm also like, I love like if I'm just sipping bourbon, I'm not having a whole meal. I love bourbon with nuts and bourbon with like green apples and peanut butter, like just what? great, great snacks to have with. Yeah, they it, the, they both they enhance the flavor of each other. Try it. I, I'll have if to it, try that one. If no, it's after so, dinner, dark chocolate. Yeah, go ahead, Troy. Yeah. No, no, all those I agree. Troy will tell you that when we've done blending and we go back to the hotel after like having drunk whiskey all day long, I'll go through the hotel and steal all the uh, bags of popcorn that I can microwave popcorn that I can possibly find. <laughs> so microwave popcorn and salty, and, buttery. Oh yeah, sketchy like microwave popcorn. Hotel microwave popcorn, and then. He, he said it, but I can't emphasize enough the beer cheese in Kentucky. There have been, we've had clients and partners that have gifted Troy beer cheese to have with his, uh, have with his drinks. With at night that is a beautiful. Nate yeah. wants to know about pizza. Yay. Nay. Oh, yeah, uh, like course. now you're making, now you're making us feel bad because the longer the night goes on after we've had the beer cheese and the popcorn <laughs> and whatever meal and the tacos, like 2 a.m. pizza. Yeah, pizza, for sure. Yes. You know who's got in like two spots that I will tell you that have the best pizza that like late night pizza. One is Larisi's in Philly. Uh, mm. You you know it. You just don't realize you know it. Okay. You know the song "Summertime" by Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. He talks about Larisi's in that yeah. song. Uh, Lare- he talks about chilling outside of Larisi's. Really, uh, and, and when you go into Larisi's, they have signs all the way around the around it that says "Do not ask for toppings. We don't have toppings. Don't bother <laughs> us about toppings." Like every six feet or six inches, it's like a sign. And all it is is, uh, and DC does the same thing. These giant slices of straight up cheese pizza, like oh, yeah. just cheese. You can see the sauce through the cheese. Roll that sucker up and go. That's uh gents now i really am hungry wait the so fact- so that was what you said there was another one what was the other one D- D- dc like go down to dc anywhere around okay. dc they call them dc giant slices uh when you go down to dc that's like a big thing down there is these big slices uh but you actually charlie you do understand and i mean this you have in my opinion the number one pizza place in the country so I'm curious where you're about to go with this. Let's Antico. go. So Antico just got, uh, it didn't get a Michelin star, but it got a Michelin mention for the first time ever. Atlanta like made Michelin, you know, like got Michelin mentions. There were a number of restaurants that, that got one, one star mentions, but uh, Antica got a, like whatever the category is like restaurants you have to try from Michelin. So one million percent agree. Troy's been, we've been. Oh yeah, we've we've eaten there a whole bunch of times. There's one at the Battery where the Braves play. There is, yeah. So the only one I've ever been to is in this like little Italian three store district. Yeah, it it was. I had the rudest people that ever took my money (laughs) at the counter, (laughs) and then you walk walk through this door that's like Mary Poppins bag because you're like, there's no seating. Oh shit! And you walk through and their bacon pizza absolutely unbelievable and i love it when people are like atlanta doesn't have good pizza and then i'm like i pull up the travelocity top 10 pizza places in the country in antico and atlanta's in there 
Yeah, Antico's dope. It's really good pizza. I agree. So, gents, we could talk pizza and bourbon. I even <laughs> went time. Like, you guys are so much fun to talk to. Thank you. Uh, so are you. Folks, listen. Give them a follow at, at Filmland Spirits. See what they've got going on. Start following them. They're, it, I forgot the code. God, I almost... And lo- oh, and yeah. The co- Look, if you want to try this, is it B- is it Boo 10? Right. So you go to filmlandspirits.com and you can order all of our products. We ship to 43 states. And the right now through Halloween, oh, there's okay. a discount code Boo 10, B-O-O-1-0. And you get 10% off uh, everything except our limited release. So, so look, folks, Boo 10, B-O-O 10. Get yourself a, a bottle. Get yourself set up. I'm going to tell you, I don't, it's a tough call, but I'm going to go with the rye. I'm going to tell you of the two, but I'm a rye guy. It's just, right. I'm a rye guy, but the the moonlight mayhem, I, when I hit that, that peanut butter note is important to me in those. I always get that, but man, that rye is, is absolutely on point. So, so make sure you look folks, if you're finding us through film lamb or film land through us, Make sure you're going on all these social media locations. You're taking the time. It might sound cliche. It might sound bullshit where we're like, hey, give us a like, follow, and share. <laughs> Take the time and do those things. It actually matters to us. It actually makes a difference for us doing those things. That's how these guys get found. That's how these guys get pushed. That's how I get pushed. More more listeners, more people understanding what we've got going on. So make sure you take the time and you listen to all of us. My wife just got back from She just had a food tasting. I paid for it. We had we were at the uh, Arthritis Foundation here locally in Albany, and they had a silent auction, and I won the silent auction for this Spanish food, all Spanish food, based on some architect that like they've like based the food on some Spanish architect. And I'm like, this is gonna be great. And then I went, shit, it's on the 28th from six to eight. I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm not doing. I'm gonna drink whiskey and bourbon. Damn, son of a bitch. So my wife just got back from that. So she's back here trying to like hold bottles up and whatnot. She, but she bring you listen, some takeout at least or uh... no, no takeout. I what did I have? For, <laughs> I don't even remember what I made for dinner. Oh, we had this is how bad subs are here in, in Albany. Do you know what the best sub spot in Albany is? Jersey Mike's. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey Mike's. Yeah. So, but make sure, folks, you give them a like, fair sh- follow share all those kind of things we went over a little bit on, on our normal time but uh, absolutely amazing story of what you guys got going on don't log off on me afterwards i do have to talk to you for just a half a heartbeat but before we finish you guys can rochambeau for this as we do and like i said you guys listen to all 200 and some episodes so i know you know what's coming up here <laughs> every time the guest always gets the final word so whoever wants to go first what is your final word troy Oh, well, first of all, thank you for having us. We appreciate it very much. We had a great time, a lot of fun. Sorry, Charlie's not feeling better. Um, but just we, we think, you know, no matter how you like to drink our bourbon or our rye, we support it. Doesn't matter. We just want you to enjoy it. And we want you to immerse yourselves in our stories and our liquid. Come visit us at filmlandspirits.com. And, and if you follow us on Instagram, we'll keep you up to date on as we move into new states and we're available in back bars and retail stores for you there. Uh, Troy said it all. So I, I will just add, Sean, thank you for your service and Semper Fi. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in.
This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 